Tarot ID. Kia ora, GM Droids, my name's The Captain and this is Moonbrain, your regular dose of droid Dow goodness. I have got a very special episode for you today. Uh, we're going deep into the world of generative art, a scene I know absolutely nothing about, which is why I've reached out to someone who does. He's a droid legend and was in fact on the very, very first episode of the show. It's Thiz. Thiz, how are you, mate? I am doing great. How are you doing, sir? Thank you I, so much, by the way. Everything you're doing with this this podcast with Android Capital, just fantastic. Really appreciate what you're doing. Oh, you make me blush. You make me blush. Now, look, um, I'm going to hand over the reins to you for this episode. But um, as I said, I know nothing about it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who our guest is and and why we should be paying attention to this sort of art? Deal. Yeah, uh, to get to Sushi-san, I will in a second. But really... Um, I sort of got really super interested in uh, art on the Solana scene really, you know, over the past month, probably. I think a lot of people have as well. There's been this definite sort of desert of enthusiasm for mints lately. Um, and I think people are just kind of reaching out and looking at some other stuff. And art is certainly, you know, uh, one of the categories to look into. Traditionally, Solana has not been a big home of art. You've certainly got Ethereum is the... the category killer. And then Tezos is another blockchain, which has a lot of artists. But anyway, um, so art really kind of broken down into three, three main categories. There's the basic just one-on-one of art, you know, digital art, like you see everywhere. There's AI art. And there's this thing called generative art, which has a long history on Ethereum. And if you look at sort of the market cap of not just art, but like uh, NFTs in general on Ethereum. There's this product project called Artblocks, which is a large, large market cap leader. It might be second or third or fourth market cap in sales brought about by two or three really large generative art projects, one called Squiggles um, and another called Fidenza. Anyway, that's just a brief, quick overview on sort of art. So the thing about generative art, which is so interesting to me, is that it's not art like you would traditionally think about it. The artist is a programmer. So the artist or developer writes this code and the code creates this generative art. And it is sort of the, the, the mixing of the inspiration of the artist with the code that develops these patterns. And that is something that kind of attracted me to it. Um, and it's something that I think because, you know, Web3 is just so full of geeks and it's just like the greatest thing in the world that we're all sort of these geeky nerdy guys, but there's a lot of developers. And so a mixing of true art with, uh, uh, you know, writing code, I think is why generative art has been very, very popular on Ethereum. And it's just starting to catch on now. So you've got three main projects. One is called The Playground. It's been here for a year. It's had two collections that have been sort of flat for the last year. Um, and then recently you had the artist we talked to in, in your show today uh, in just a minute who created his own project independently of any other project. And then you have this large project called Code Canvas, which is uh, done by the same people who brought us exchange art. Rock solid team. They are just going to build a market for generative art on Solana. And uh, I think that, that that's pretty clear. 
So this this artist we talked today, Sushant, I didn't know much about him in, until the last three or four weeks. Really interesting guy. He was the first one to launch what's called a long form generative art project on Solana. And what that means is it's it's generative art, like I mentioned before, but it's long form, which means that it's not curated by the artist. So you could do a generative art project and then art artists would just sit there and pick the ones they liked and then and then, you know, sell those. When he sold his project on Solana called Hyperglyphs, you hit mint and it literally created the art right then and there. And it was it. And so that's what's most fascinating. And so that's who he is. Uh, he agreed to come on and, and talk to us. Really excited about that. Um, so that, I guess, is just sort of a 30,000-foot a, a overview of art, why it's interesting, why I think people in Solana should start taking, paying attention to it. I think the projects to listen to are Playground, a project called Code Canvas, and this project called Hyperglyphs, which is from Susie-san, who is the person we interviewed tonight. This is brilliant. Okay, let's get into it. And, you know, it's um, it's not analogous to, but it's kind of similar. You know, some people are very... You know, they they worry about who they lend their car to or who drives their car. If if Moonbrain is my car, um, does you just you just take it and um, you have a good old hoon around in it. It's uh, it's all yours. I'll even uh, <laughs> I'll even pay for the gas. So Sushan, uh, thanks for uh, coming out and talking to us. Really appreciate it. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about yourself, but before we do that. Um, one of the things that's intriguing to me as far as generative art, and I think it's true for a lot of people involved in Web3, is it's just this perfect melding of technology and art in almost the most pure, purest form um, that you could think of. And I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit and, and just assume that the listeners here are just starting to hear about generative art and they understand it's sort of it's on chain and it involves computer code. It's sort of like a, a generative art 101 from a technical perspective. Uh, yeah, uh, good, good question. Um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to speak about this in the most eloquent way, but I can take a stab. Um, so what's I think really interesting about generative art when applied to like a blockchain ecosystem or a blockchain like technology space is um, like you said, you, you kind of get this melding of tech and art that like can't really exist outside of a world where um, actions are actions and ownership is recorded um, in a verifiable way. Um, and so like in a pre-blockchain era, we can remember, you know, people might have code and they run that code um, and it produces outputs, um, you know, in the form of like some sort of image and, um, but then they just have those images and they're just like normal like PNGs or JPEGs or SVGs or something, all just different image formats. And then like maybe they take those to some existing like photo sharing site or like marketplace or something and just like try and sell their art that way. Uh, but like it's infinitely reproducible, right? Like if you just have an image on your computer, you can classically the meme is right click save as. And so you can just like right click save that um, instead of having to like buy it or something. And you, then you can set it as your background um, you can print it out, do whatever you want. Um, and you don't have to like ask the artist for permission or anything like that, which, you know, kind of sucks because provenance isn't um, passed down, isn't recorded. And so what you get in this like now new kind of era of um, adding blockchain to the mix of generative art is that 
yes, if there's certain components deployed on chain, um, so like the actual code that's used to generate the art, um, then you have some sort of like kind of lineage or, or something that's actually recorded on chain and that you can go back and, and you can verify. And so if you have the inputs to the algorithm, then you can like take that same code off chain, uh, run the input through the algorithm and you should get the same output. Um, and then that, so I just think that part is like personally really cool. Um, but then also what you get is the fact that uh, you can get this like new interaction. So in, you know, long form generative art, uh, the code is created and then deployed. And then no one really knows what the final kind of like set of outputs is going to be uh, for that collection. It's kind of like you can find you out kind, in kind real expand time. Expand on that piece right there when you said it's not really known. Is that because of a seed that's fed to it? It's like almost a random number generator applied to art. I've tried to explain this exact topic to a couple of people and I realized I didn't quite understand it. So step through that one more time when you said it's not really known. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, good, great question. Um, so when it's not, so what I mean by that is like, um, what a generative artist does is they write the code and that code kind of has some like logic and rules and it's just kind of like general guidance usually is like, all right, here's kind of some of the components that we'd like to, or some of the shapes or, or colors uh, and configurations of those things that we'd like to see in the outputs. But again, because you have some sort of like kind of random element and that's kind of what, you know, you referenced with respect to the seed, um, you don't know exactly like how that initial value is going to uh, run through the code and then like produce some sort of output. You can kind of think of it as like, kind of like, maybe a box. So like the code is a box and the seed is like an input. And so there, there's like being fed into the box. Maybe you think of it as like a coin machine. You put that like random value into the coin machine and you don't really know what's happening on the inside of the, the like coin machine with that respect, like exact number. But then on the other side, it like outputs something and comes out with something. In this case, it's like a, a visual output, like an image. And, um, you might be familiar with some of the elements that are included again, like shapes, colors, et cetera, configuration of those things, but you don't know exactly how it's going to like manifest. And there might be like some like long tail um, combinations of things like in terms of color combinations or, you know, number of shapes that appear or various things like that. Um, and again, you just don't necessarily know. Uh, you, you can like kind of get a grasp, I guess, if you run, if the artist runs the generative algorithm, like, you know, thousands of times, you can kind of get a feeling for like all the different sorts of outputs that you can get. But again, sometimes you're still surprised because a random seed that's generated at a time of creation um, just produces something you haven't seen before. I think there's obviously, um, you know, your, your hyperglyphsement certainly um, got a lot of eyeballs. And I think there's a lot of people that just really didn't know much about this. Um, that even the term generative art has sort of gotten twisted around a little bit on Solana and you know what it means and what it doesn't mean. Um, and then as far as from an artistic standpoint, I remember um, reading and looking at some of the stuff that was happening on Ethereum and, and listening to some of the artists there. And they, they seem to sort of sometimes start with a theme like I don't, this might sound silly, but like <clears throat> I was sitting on the beach and I saw some waves <laughs> and then, and I started thinking about waves and what those would look like. And so was there something about hyperglyphs that was a theme for you or was it simply a technical experience? 
Oh yeah, good question. Um, I think so. One of the things is uh, with, with hyperglyphs, like so. I was like I said, I was exploring kind of the technical underpinnings, of, like how to accomplish something similar that's been done on ETH on Solana. And so I had like spent a lot of time kind of like tinkering with the actual like contracts and and um, code to get this to work. And so once I had it working, I was kind of like it was kind of like. Um, you know, when you have like technology in search of a problem, like uh, some people might say, like Web three is generally um, some of the some of the haters, I guess. Um, right. <laughs> that that was kind of yeah. That that was kind of me with like this uh, approach of like storing something on chain. I was kind of like, all right, well, I have this and I've been working on it, and I want to like show people and like because I think it's really cool. But like, what's the best way to do that? And um, I was just like racking my brain, and for a while, was trying out kind of like different ideas maybe kind of like similar things that have been done on ethereum like loot or uh nouns dao different things obviously nouns DAO is very very complex um and so finally i was just kind of like stumble i was like just i think on our blocks one day and just open sea or something and um i, I stumbled upon um autoglyphs and uh again it just kind of spoke before, to you something whatever, about that I just i saw it yeah it, it it was kind of the fact that uh I, I really vibe with like the whole black white aesthetic um autoglyphs itself it was like i believe one one of if not the first like generative projects on ethereum um larva labs is obviously like a legendary duo they've created cryptopunks etc and um and so i was just kind of like huh this seems like kind of an interesting like uh maybe like visual aesthetic to try and bring over to solana obviously maybe try and change up the colors a little bit, maybe modify the general algorithm, play with that, see if we can get some different sorts of output. So it's not like, you know, exactly copy and paste. Um, but what I thought was cool personally was that, you know, the, the project Hypercoast was kind of a combination of a node to pro like a, a nod to projects that I really appreciate and I'm inspired by on Ethereum. So Autoglyphs and then nouns out for the auctions. Um, and so that's kind of like how that came to be. Um, but once I, so I guess initially it was kind of like, I got, that kind of like, I guess the uh, seed of the idea in my head, the like autoglyphs would be cool. And then that's when I just really started tinkering with um, reproducing the code in Rust so I could deploy it on Solana. And then like kind of writing a JavaScript client to just like, like quickly mess with the generative algorithm to see like what sorts of combinations um, of, of like variables would lead to like different outputs. Wow. And this, so this was almost a year ago when the, 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 the thought in your head popped up that said, hey, I'd really want to play around with this. This is something that's exciting to me. So this is, so I guess Hyperglyphs was born almost a year ago. So I think like maybe not the exact like instantiation of Hyperglyphs, but kind of, I, I guess, like the seed of the idea and like the like spark that made me keep pushing and keep like digging. Um, well, it was, yeah, probably like a year ago. And so it's, it's actually been like quite a, quite a while. That's a lot. Well, let's talk about, because I don't know if everyone who's listening really followed the Mint, but it was, it was just a fascinating Mint on Solana because it lasted, I guess, like two and a half weeks. Is that right, Susan? Was it two, two weeks? Yeah, I think it was maybe... So 500 hours <laughs> might have been 18 days or something okay yeah I, I have to um i have to go back and i have all the, the the data um i've just been like a little bit strapped for time but i need to go back and do the analysis but i think it was maybe like between 18 and 20 days or something that was awesome and for the listeners that don't know so basically there, there's a 512 piece you know a long-form generative art collection and the way that it was minted it was on your own site that was your site that you developed is that correct 
yeah, everything that people interacted with and saw was like something that I personally made. Yeah, awesome. It was it was a really cool process. So about about every hour for this, you know, two two weeks or five hundred twelve hours, a new uh, um, piece would be generated, and then it would be auctioned. And you know, the auctions they varied from I think you know. 10 sold to 30 sold, six sold. They were sort of all over the map. One, I think, what was the, I can't remember the high one was like 70 sold. I can't, do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, I think auction 84 came out of was, nowhere and somebody instant settled like right at the end. It was either 83, But it was a really fun process. But let me ask you as, I mean, you really had no idea what was going to happen, right? No one could have forecasted the success of it. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I mean, when when like I started just talking about the project kind of on Twitter, like I put out the first tweet thread, I think like my Twitter account had maybe like 40 followers. So I didn't really expect much. I was just like, hey, it'd be kind of cool. Like if eventually one day, like all 512 got auctioned off. But even then, I didn't even know, you know, if like it like there would be interest past like, you know, 20 or something. Um, it was certainly fun to watch the whole, uh, you know, the whole process. And, and, I, and I love how you approach the project because I think I can't remember your exact words, but I think it pretty much said, it, if you're buying this, buy this for the art. Do not buy this because you're expecting a great return. That's not why I'm here. That's not what I'm doing. And it was some, some it was almost like a disclaimer at the front of one of your mint pages. I thought that was very honest and open. Thanks for the, the kind words. I'm glad that you noticed. I, I was like, you know, thinking in my head, I can say these things and like try and like reiterate them, but sometimes people just don't read or don't want to listen. <laughs> and so they still like exactly. go ahead with whatever their own interests exactly. are. But I'm glad at least you noticed and appreciated. Now we did. Um, so who, who is Sushi San? Tell us. Yeah. So I grew up in the US um, and studied uh, computer science in school and uh, was just always interested in like kind of like building things, making things. And so computer science was like a nice outlet for that. Um, and then use that as kind of like, a, I guess, a, I guess it's like the natural gateway after you study computer sciences to become a software engineer. And so um, after I graduated university, uh, then I went to work for some of like the big companies as a software engineer and just got some more like, I guess, corporate experience in that regard. Um, and then uh, always kind of had like side projects and things to work on outside of work. I was just generally a curious person. Again, I like making things. And so I get inspired and want to do them. And so as you might imagine, anyone out there who's worked like a corporate job might know like, all right, well, it gets a little bit redundant, a little bit boring. Um, and so that was kind of like my experience. And then around, I guess, like, you know, what was it? Solana NFT summer, I, I time went by so fast. What was it? Summer 2021, I think is is the time around, around the time yeah. it, it was yeah, all happening. That's when at, Solana you know, came to be, yeah. Yep. Okay. So it was around that time. Um, I'd like been following ETH and I bought some, like, I wasn't, you know, I didn't get in back in like 2018, but I was like, I, I maybe around like 2020, I was started like buying some Bitcoin and some Ethereum, just like, Oh, you know, what's this. And uh, generally I think like when you put some skin of a game, it's like a forcing function to like care and like learn more about what's actually happening. And um, like, why is number going up or down? Um, Cause before right. that, I just like saw the sensational headlines and I'm like, Oh, it, it, whatever. Um, but then once you actually have money invested, it's like, okay, this, this is like a little bit different now. And um, so I did that and I was like following along with the Ethereum world and then um, kind of got whiff of some things happening on Solana. And um, I was just 
so I remember I was like, oh, cool. Okay. I'll, I'll buy some soul and just see what's happening. And uh, I just remember like the first time I ever did anything in phantom and it just like happened instantly. And I didn't have to pay like $15. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is insane. Um, and so even though there wasn't a lot to do, um, I was just like, this user experience is like really nice. And so then the DJ apes uh, were minting and I was like, all right, cool. Uh, I'm down. And so I like, talk to a few friends and we're like yo let's mint these and um so I remember it was just like such an experience because it was like no like there wasn't a candy machine or anything like that and so it was just like literally we're sitting on our computers on like a Friday Thursday or Friday night I think it was or something and um after work and we're just waiting for this mint to happen and it kept it getting delayed and delayed and delayed um and I guess it's because like on the back end there's a lot of stuff that wasn't like I guess going to work. And so some of the Solana, Solana engineers had to like come in and help. Anyways, I'm like going way off track. Uh, so no, that's like, good. I mean, it's so, I mean, it's a great story. I mean, be, yeah, that was, you know, Degen 8 Mint. That was, that was kind of at the beginning of, of this process here called Solana NFTs for sure. Yeah. I think it's like a, for anyone that was there, I think it's like a core memory of like their initial experiences on Solana. And like, honestly, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of a fitting, I guess, experience because sometimes on Solana, like things move so fast that uh, the experience can be a little bit jarring or like subpar or something can go wrong. But like most people are down, they're like, all right, it's fine. You know, like most things are, are working or they're just like willing to push past it. I think on the outside, like people outside the ecosystem are like really into fighting that sort of stuff. But people on the inside are like so bullish on Solana or like just really appreciate the experience of the team or just the general community that it's like, no, eh, that kind of wasn't yeah. great, but you know, <laughs> it'll get better. Or like, you know, we're, we're like confident in, in the people building this stuff. So yeah, I just really like Definitely. the community. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, so you know, bringing up some, you know, kind of going back and forth between Ethereum and Solana, and 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 you hear this regularly inside the people that are talking, whether they're art collectors or traders, is that uh, people on Solana, you know, they just don't want this type of art because they're on Solana, thus they don't want it, and I always sort of get taken back by that it's it's like i don't think there's anything in our quote-unquote dna we're just humans we just happen to be using this blockchain is there something inherently different about us than people that have chosen the ethereum blockchain as it relates to our appreciation of art so is there something in our solana dna which says that we, we are not as interested in art as people who use ethereum yeah, it's a really interesting question. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I tend to not believe so. Like, I tend to think that uh, it's maybe just like a matter of, of time, like being around and like the types of people in the ecosystem um, and, or, or just like how people have been, um, I guess, not, not really like trained, but like maybe have come to expect certain things. Um, and so I kind of wonder if it's like maybe a little bit of chicken and egg with respect to like supply and demand. It's like, can there really be like demand for something when there's not really any supply? So like there hasn't really been a ton of like generative art or anything like that. And so just because there hasn't been a lot of supply, like maybe not a lot of people learn about it or like what's happening, don't have the chance to, to even be exposed to it. And so like wouldn't even know that they want to collect it because they haven't seen it. Um, and so I, I just personally kind of wonder if that's the case. And now that you have something like Code Canvas coming along um, with with maybe some like recurring curated mints um, and, you know, hopefully hyperglyphs and different things like that. 
uh, that people, more and more people will just naturally start to hear about this concept of generative art and be pulled in again to like this, I call it the web three rabbit hole. I think, you know, stole that from someone else, but it's kind of like the generative art rabbit hole. Cause it really is kind of a rabbit hole. I think maybe you and maybe some other people in the ecosystem have realized that once you started learning about like, oh, this is generative art. Oh, this is that artist. Wait, they make this. It's just like this really long path of like exploration. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like kind of exhilarating because it's like this new thing and you're like, oh my gosh, it feels kind of magical. Um, and so I personally think it's just kind of that, not necessarily that people don't want the art. But you're in a really interesting space. If you talk about, you know, uh, this art style on Solana, um, certainly the playground, they launched almost a year ago. Uh, with their waves and the epoch so you had that and that that was sort of the entire market for the for the last sort of year and then now suddenly in, in the last month um you have launched hyperglyphs on your own and code canvas has obviously been working on a large business and they're going to you know move forward with lots of curated artists but you're kind of in your own lane i guess i don't know where where where, where, where do we put you <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't even know, to be honest. Um, I don't even want to make any like comparisons to like, like the, the ETH ecosystem here because, um, you know, people might not know. And also like, I just like really respect some of those people. And so to like say that, you know, oh, maybe you could draw these comparisons, I think is just like doing a disservice to them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm like, kind of like in this like more kind of, I guess maybe in this like, if, they, if you think about like a Venn diagram of like, you have one circle that's art and one circle that's like technology. And um, in the technology, the one is like pure, people purely like writing smart contracts and like tinkering with like what's even possible mm -hmm. on, on these like blockchains. Um, maybe I'm kind of like in the middle, like uh, uh, existing between the two a little bit because I really do like art and um, being creative and seeing what's possible. Um, or just like kind of exploring that uh, creative side of, of things. But also I still really like to um, write code and use kind of like the tech as, and like try and like come up with like existing, or not existing, but like uh, new ways in which people can like interact with, with like the blockchain or like smart contracts or different things like that. And so um, what's really intriguing to me is like kind of like the intersection of those two things. And um, like what happens when you, write some sort of novel smart contract uh like mechanism or something and then but that is also intertwined with some sort of like visual output and so um whether or not it's like a function of like how the smart contract functions or like actually works or you're just using that as a way to like produce art i don't know but um i just have a lot of like <laughs> ideas in that kind of general realm and i'm not necessarily like the best um like technical artist out like generative artists in terms of like let me go spin up p5.js and write some like really amazing generative code like probably what i can produce there is not going to blow anyone's mind and so i just think maybe i fit a little bit better in between the two um i don't know that's probably really wishy-washy but that's at least no that's good good it. good um it's all so new and i think there's you know there's clearly um, you know, the playground is, is always going to have a place in, in, uh, in growing this, this market because they've been here for a year. Um, you know, Code Canvas has invested a lot of money and they're a big business that will bring a lot of eyeballs to it. 
And then uh, you woke everybody up with hyperglyphs. So <laughs> I, mean, I think all three are going to kind of work together and a lot of cool things are going to happen for sure. Um, but you, you hit us, you kind of hit on the artistic and uh, the, the development side. If you could only be known as an artist or a developer and you had to pick one, which would you choose? Oh man, that is a, <laughs> that's a really tough question. I don't think I've ever thought about that before. Um, as it, well, let me take it back. As it relates to sort of what we're talking about with your hyperglyphs project, and assuming that that was your whole world, you had to be known as either an, an artist or a developer. Which one is it? Good question. I think, um, I think like where I just kind of get naturally pulled to is like the developer, I guess, label, uh, just because I, I don't have as again much like pure like experience in like being in the pure like artistic realm of painting or drawing or things like that. So I think maybe it's like also a self-perception thing that like, I just kind of like identify, identify myself as, as kind of a more technical person, but also there's still like so many ways in which you can explore creativity in that realm. Um, and so maybe in the future, like it'll maybe swing a little bit the other way, but at least right now, I probably think mm. of myself as a little bit more, more just the developer. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between developers and artists in, in how they go about doing things. I mean, from a creativity standpoint, I think a lot of the sort of dopamine hits that hit both of those, do you find it when you're just, do you find some similarities between the two or am I just talking out of my ass here? <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's certainly true. I mean, maybe the like kind of manifests in a, a little bit different ways, but um, I think, yeah, just like the joy that you can get and like the excitement um, that you have from like, like working really hard and pouring a lot of energy into something and then seeing that on the other side come out as something that people can use or appreciate and, and see or interact with is like, to me, one of the most rewarding things. Now, that's that's very cool. And I read your I read your um, uh, thread about, you know, sort of what is, you know, long form generative art? Like, how do we define it? And then the, the, the thing that I remember from that is you weren't sort of trying to tell anyone anything. You were just kind of asking some questions about what is it? Um, but th does this need to be defined right now? Do we need to have a, a, a crisp definition of what long form generative art is? Hmm. Good question. I. I think it certainly helps to have some some sort of definition. So some people some some people can like or so people can uh, just kind of uh, like understand and even approach like the space. I think for myself sometimes, especially in the like super technical realm, it's like you get all these terms and different things, and it really takes kind of a definition to to for me at least to kind of solidify my understanding and then like kind of like put that building block into place and say like all right so this is that or this is how i interpret or understand this thing now what can we build on top of it or like where do we go from here so i personally think definitions are really helpful uh but with respect to like maybe demand uh in the market and things like that i still have a lot of questions around is like you know like kind of like you said it hasn't been that popular on solana yet and so it's like will it become popular? I, I'm not sure. Do people, um, or like another thing that I was kind of asking in that is like, what percent of the, the, these projects need to be on chain? 
because like you do have to pay for like the state cost granted in solana the state cost being like what you store on chain and in solana it is cheaper but you still have to pay for it and so it's like do people care enough about like different components of the generative art being on chain or like is it enough to just run the algorithm and upload the outputs to our weave and like call it good and so that that's kind mm -hmm. of like another place that where I'm, I'm still cur curious because it hasn't really been defined yet or like there hasn't been a lot of enough like projects or actions in the space i guess to, yeah. to really under to really know no so you're right it's a super exciting time because it's just a whole new area we can explore um inside solana web 3 i think i think we all sort of know how to uh generate you know jpegs of primates and steak things and you know do revenue share <laughs> yeah. casinos and we got all that figured out like okay that's fine and that's what's so exciting about this and you kind of hit on it and in, in your i can kind of hear you thinking through this as we talk is a lot of these things are it's just all brand new it's it's off in a new direction and i think that's that's you know a super exciting aspect of it so so sushi san thanks a lot for joining us really appreciate it i guess uh, appreciate your time and just ask you if there's any sort of, uh, you know, closing thoughts you'd like to leave the audience with as it relates to this new experiment that you've sort of kicked off here on Solano, uh, having to do with generative art. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, thanks to uh, to you both for taking the time as well to to chat. Uh, it's always fun to connect with people and kind of like go back and forth on different concepts related to generative art and obviously hyperglyphs. Um, so yeah, I guess if there was anything to leave people with, it's, uh, you know, maybe just like give generative art a chance. Like maybe, uh, you know, you haven't been exactly that into uh, generative art on Solana or like haven't really known about it, but um, you've kind of heard some rumblings or um, been shared some content. And so I would say, yeah, just give it a chance, um, check it out, maybe go explore on Ethereum a little bit, what's been happening, try to learn about the history. Um, all of it takes some time and it can be feel a little overwhelming and complex sometimes, but I truly do think that like once you start to learn a little bit, like a, a flip switches and it just becomes a really, really cool experience of more, I, I want more and more and more. And I think like this time on Solana is pretty exciting with Code Canvas coming out and just all the newfound interest. And so uh, that historically has been, has meant that there's going to be a lot happening. So, you know, obviously <laughs> I can't tell the future, not exactly sure, but um, it seems like there's really exciting times ahead and wouldn't want anyone to miss out. So I uh, hope to hope to see you around and um, check it out. Oh, wow, that was great. Thanks again, you know, uh, for setting this up. I guess I'd like to ask you though, because you, as you said up front, you know, kind of new to all this stuff. So as someone who heard about generative art, you know, for the first time um, from Sushi-san and, and his Hyperglyphs project, you know, what do you think about it? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I was sitting there listening along. Um, I'll be completely honest. I didn't fully understand it, but um, I did buy a piece while I was um, listening to you guys talk. Um, I think it's big, I don't know. What can I say? I love gambling on pictures. Um, <laughs> that's a great. Gamble, that's right. <laughs> I know. I know that you've got um, pieces as well. I always, you know, it's always important. I think either of us uh, are very, very far from being influencers, but I think it's always good to point out if you've got uh, more than a casual interest in something. Um, and I mean, yeah, thank. I'm, I'm kind of just really appreciative that you, uh, you brought it to my attention because um, it's cool. I had, I had no idea about it at all. And so I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the future of it.
So cool. And I think with his particular project, the thing that's so, you know, people talk about provenance and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I really didn't hear that. I didn't know that word until I joined Web3. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's a, if, if generative art catches on on Solana, there's going to be a couple of projects where the first ones and these prov, you know, these projects who have provenance on Ethereum, like, you know, Squiggles and Fidenza, I mean, these some of these things have sold for you know hundreds of thousands, a million dollars, and they regularly sell. Even the bad ones today sell for ten and twenty ETH. So there, I mean, there's a huge upside. Now, will Solana and you know art continue this uh, this this little date that they're on, and will art continue to go on Solana? I don't know. But if it does, pretty clear that Gen Art is going to be a category. Also pretty clear that there's some leaders out there right now that are just minting, which are sort of obvious buys. So um, I think I think that's, that's so cool that you just bought one while we're interviewing it. I love it. Generational wealth. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. It's coming. It's, it's coming to all of us. <laughs> all right. Well, that is it. That is it for Moonbrain this week. Uh, thank you, Thiz, for hosting. And thank you to Sushi-san for the interview. And, and thank you to you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with some more Moonbrain. Uh, may even include some satin rings in there too. Uh, until then, be kind, et cetera, et cetera. Arrivederci.